0: You're listening to the River Walk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today is our graduate recognition service, and we're going to be talking about things to do to live a happy, prosperous life. I hope you enjoy. This morning, we are going to look at a passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I love speaking. On occasions such as this, at graduations, because it, it's just an exciting time. And man, I can't think of an age better than 18, finishing high school. It feels so good to put a chapter behind you and look to something forward. And here in America, man, it's we're so blessed because literally, I believe that you can do anything in the world that you want to do. I mean, it really hit me this morning as I was thinking about it. How long has it been since I graduated? I graduated in 2002, that's been 18 years ago, and I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, wow. I graduated when these children were born. People are graduating high school that were born when I graduated. Adam, is this what it feels like to be old? I guess so, I guess so. I remember when I graduated, I really think the best advice that I ever received was to do what you love And you'll never have to work a day in your life. I think that's the best advice I ever received, and I believe it to be true. You know, when you come to church, a lot of times a preacher spends a lot of time preaching on what not to do. Don't do this and do this. Now, I know most of you are millennials, but I'm going to not speak today on what not to do, but some things to do. I'm going to assume that your parents have trained you really well. And I'm going to assume that y'all know better than to go out and eat Todd Pods. I'm going to assume y'all know better than, than to burn places down and protest. I'm going to assume that y'all know better than to go out and get intoxicated. I'm going to assume that y'all have been trained to know better than that. But I'm also going to tell you some things to do in the days ahead to make you a better individual and a better Christian. And more important than that, to live a happier, more fulfilled life. But like I said, do what you love. You'll never have to work a day in your life. It's a lot easier to go to work doing something you love every day than doing something you hate. I really, honest, honest, honestly, I would not want a six-figure career if it meant doing something I hated. And there's two parts to this. I got to thinking about it. I want my doctor. My mom, you know, she's going to have surgery today or tomorrow. And I hope that her doctor want, wanted to be a doctor. I hope he's not going there and hating his job. I hope he's enjoying it. Same thing for the nurses. I want my nurses to love what they do. I want my lawyer one day, if I ever have to have one, to love his career so much that he studies my case and he'll argue it before a judge. When I need medicine, I hope my pharmacist study hard and worked hard. I want my teacher and my children's teacher to work and love his or her work. I want my airline pilot to love flying. I sure would hate to get in the back of an airplane and him not want to be there. I want my pastor to have a love for God and his people. Young people, listen to me. Listen to me. Seek a life doing what you love, and you will live a happier, more fulfilled life. But, but the spiritual side of this is that we should desire more. We should desire more than this world has to offer. For another piece of this advice is that life goes way more faster than you think. I've heard that to be true. You'll blink and you'll be a grandparent one day. Life goes quick. I can't believe how quick the last 18 years have went since I graduated high school. And I believe this is probably why Jesus said to seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Before you even think about anything else, seek you first the kingdom of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Timothy was a young man, just like some of you, a young Christian. Paul writes him and he gives him some advice about his life. He tells him some things not to do, but he tells him something that he should do. It begins in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He says, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Advice to a young man, a young minister, a young Christian, this is what I want us all to take away from today. Whether you graduated yesterday or like me, almost 20 years ago, 50 years ago, I want you, I mean I got it on the screen, it says train yourself to be godly. What about exercise? Can I tell you that no one, absolutely no one exercises for something they don't want. People exercise because they really want to be healthy. People exercise because they really want to lose weight. They get into a routine and they discipline themselves for it. Exercise takes hard work. Exercise takes commitment. Exercise takes focus. Exercise takes serious discipline. Some of you that, that want to go a, to a college and get a degree... Let me tell you, you're going to have to exercise for it. You're going to have to discipline yourself to study. And you are going to do it if you want to do it. If that is where your sights are and you really, really want to do it, you are going to exercise like you've never done it before. You're going to study like never before because you want that degree. You want that diploma. You want that job. You will absolutely mute the naysayers because whatever the desire is, you are going to work to get it done. Me personally, when I graduated high school, my sights were set on a jet. I was a C student at best. But I was going to get there whatever it took because that is what I wanted. I didn't care if anybody told me no. When I went to high school, when I went to flight school, something changed. I had a desire like I had never had before. And I studied and I worked and it happened. The difference was that it was something I wanted. So Paul was telling Timothy here, listen, this is what you should desire. You should desire godliness so bad that you should exercise yourself towards it. Now what is desiring godliness? When you desire godliness, we don't desire to be God. Desiring godliness is a desire to be holy. Every Christian Of every age, whether you're 8 years old, 18 years old, or 80 years old, we should have this desire to be godly. A deep, deep, deep desire to be holy. The gospel makes us holy. We're not born holy. It's a process. and Jesus is making us perfect day by day. The irony is that our flesh has this desire too. We want to be godlike. We want to jump on the idea of being like God. But many of us are lacking the desire to be holy. We want to be the one to judge. We want to be the one to make the rules. But the desire to be godly is the desire to be holy. Oh, if we could as a church, if we could as individuals desire this like we desire everything else. The desire to be holy changes how we live exercising ourselves towards holiness. I just want to tell you to every individual in here, if we could just follow this simple, simple word of advice to exercise ourselves towards holiness. It changes everything. It makes us better students. The holy student is a better student. You'll do better in college. You'll do better uh, in high school. You'll do better in grade school if you have a desire to be holy. You'll be a better worker. You'll be a better church member. You'll be better children. You'll be better spouses. You'll be better parents. You'll be better grandparents. And you will be better children of the Most High God if you really, truly desire to be holy. My question to you this morning is, do you desire holiness? Do you desire holiness? Do you desire godliness? The evidence of desiring those things is the work you put into it. If we truly desire to be holy, if we truly desire to be godliness, we will exercise for it. Our relationship with Jesus is with the man who is working on us with the Holy Spirit day by day by day to make us holy people. To make us like Christ in his perfection. It's not just a means to heaven, it's a means to perfection. I want to be careful here, and I don't want you to misunderstand me where I'm going with this. And you kids that are getting ready to go to college, I'm going to give you some big terms. And, you know, I asked Carissa last night if she'd ever heard a sermon with these two terms. In theology, in Christian theologies, there's two big terms. There's one called justification, and there's one called sanctification. We pick up these disciplines and we want to be God-like. Justification. We can't work our way into heaven and we'll never be perfect. When you give your life to Christ, when you are saved by grace, not of works like it says in Ephesians 2.8, that is what's called justification. Right there, you are justified before God. Your eternity is sealed. You are going to heaven. But something else happens, and you in here that have been saved, you in here that are Christians, you know this to be true. When you give your life to Christ, you have that peace, and you know you're going to heaven, but something else happens. From that moment on, things that used to seem okay doesn't seem right no more. The way you talk changes. The, the things you were doing, now you feel convicted about. The things you're not doing, you want to do. And that's what's called sanctification, The Holy Spirit is living inside you, and He is working day by day by day to make you godly, to make you Christ-like. And don't get me wrong, you will never, ever, ever be perfect until you close your eyes in death. Then the process is complete. See, I don't want to be just justified. I want to be sanctified. I want to be a holy man. I want to be godly so bad that I want to do whatever it takes And I don't usually do this. I really try to write 100% of my own sermons. I try to be 100% original, but today I just want to share what I've read in Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Because he took them right out of the Bible, and I think they're so perfect for each and every one of us. What are exercises we can do to train ourselves to be godly? What do I need to do? You know, if I want to lose weight, there's all kinds of options out there. I can get on the the keto diet. I can do Weight Watchers. But if I want to be holy, what are some exercises I need to pick up? In Whitney's book, he lists ten things, and I could not agree more. So listen to me, Christian. Desire to be godly and start exercising for that. The first one he lists is Bible intake. Bible intake, man, you want to get holy, you want to work on your sanctification, you want to be godlike? let me tell you something, develop a habit of getting into the Word. Get into the Word, devote 10 minutes a day, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, if you can read, you can find time to read your Bible. On your lunch break, in the morning, in the evening, You may be a morning person. You may be an evening person. But find some quiet time and get into your Bible and read. Read about what God has done for His people. Read about what God is doing for you. When you are confused, when you're lonely, when you're having marriage problems, when you're having parent problems, when you're having college problems, when you're having work problems, can I just encourage you? Can I just encourage you? Sure, call home to mama. Sure, call your pastor. But can I just encourage you to just take out your Bible and just read a little bit. Just read and I promise you, I promise you, you'll be able to relate to it if you have God's Holy Spirit inside of you. Whitney continues and he thinks a spiritual discipline. A very biblical spiritual discipline is prayer. Develop a prayer life. You know, so many times we want a a model for prayer, and Jesus gave us a model for prayer. I could tell you some of the, the sweetest times that I've ever had is in prayer meeting. Some of the sweetest times that I've ever had is just praying, taking my problems to my Heavenly Father. It's so easy to do. We've got a God who listens. We have a God who answers. Christian, if it's not in your spiritual discipline to pray, put it there. Put it there. I'm not telling you things not to do. I'm telling you easy things to do. And don't just pray when you're worried. So many times us as Christians, we get to a point, well, mom's sick and in the hospital, and she is, and I'm praying for her. But let me tell you, even when mom is healthy, I still pray for her. Even when my kids are healthy, I pray for them. That is a spiritual discipline, and it is wonderful to see God come through, and you will see it over and over again. Develop that discipline. Another part of exercising towards godliness is worship. Is worship. Worship is a spiritual discipline and it's found all through the Bible. Genesis to Revelation, worship. Teenagers, let me tell you something. Whether you're going to be in Texas, whether you're going to be in Natchitoches, whether you decide to go overseas and study abroad, I promise you there is a group of believers who is willing and is worshiping the same God that we're worshiping here today. I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you this morning, Beth River Baptist Church is not the only place you can worship. There's churches all over the world that are looking for people, for young men, for young women to come and worship with them. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it because there's also people all over the world that would give anything to have a church family to love on them. There's churches all over the world that would give anything to have a young man or a young woman be an example for the kindergarten graduates. I know I would as a pastor. Worship is a spiritual discipline. Don't take it for granted. Exercise yourself towards godliness. Don't you have a reason to worship? Don't you have reasons to sing? Don't you have reasons to to study? Here's a spiritual discipline. Man, you really want to exercise. This is like doing some hardcore exercising today, but that's evangelism. Evangelism. We don't like to talk about this. That's one of the areas that we all lack. But evangelism is a spiritual discipline. Evangelism doesn't have to mean going and knocking on doors, but evangelism can mean making friends and just saying, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Hey, why don't you come to this prayer meeting with me? Hey, why don't you come to this small group with me? Hey, let me tell you about a time when I was a kid and I went to vacation Bible school with Miss Mandy or Miss Tricia. Let me tell you about how the Lord changed my life. Let me tell you about this prayer that I prayed one time and everything changed. That's evangelism, and it's not hard to do. Don't make it harder than it has to be. And guess what? Once you've done it once, the second, third, fourth, fifth time, it gets a lot easier. God's not going to call you to do anything that's impossible. The fifth discipline that Whitney mentions is service. Service. I've only been here five years You that are graduating and you that are older, you've seen different pastors come. You've been to different Bible schools, I'm sure. But I want you to really think about this, teenagers. I really want you to think about this. It took effort. It took effort this morning for somebody to go and buy donuts for you. It took effort for somebody to make a video for you. Over the last 18 years of your life, it took effort for your parents to make the sacrifice to clothe you and bring you to school. It takes a lot of planning to try to have a vacation Bible school to try to get you to know the Savior that we know. It takes a lot of effort to come on a Wednesday night after you've worked hard all week just to share the gospel with you. It takes a lot of effort for a pastor to pray and prepare a sermon. So let me just encourage you You are going out into the world. Dale, you're going to serve your country. I just want to encourage you to serve the Lord wherever He leads you to go. Serve the Lord. Teach the children. God did not call us to sit on the pews. God called us to go out into the world. That's part of being a Christian. Serve Him. Serve Him. Listen, I'm so proud of those that are serving our country, but we're also called to serve the Most High God. You know, I really wish that that our young people could grab a hold of this sixth discipline and that's stewardship. That's stewardship. Man, I just encourage you right now before things get complicated, before the babies come, before the marriages come, before the car notes come, develop a habit of giving. That is biblical. Develop a habit of giving to the Lord. So many times a day you can go out into a high school parking lot or a college parking lot, and you'll see teenagers or young adults, they'll be paying $1,500 a month for a truck note and think it unreasonable to give $20 to God. That's the way our society has things warped. Why don't you start right now giving something, giving anything to God, and you will just see God just bless you like you've never seen it before. Start it now. Don't start it later, for it's easy to start now. Fasting. Fasting is a part of exercising ourselves to be godly. Jesus called us to fast. Whether that means giving up food or giving up something else, develop a habit every once in a while of just giving something up. And praying to the Lord to show you something new. Those of you that, that, that have been out of house, high school a long time, I guarantee you if you did that, life would change. Number eight is silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. You go out into the world, whether you're going to work or you're going to school, things just get crazy. Things just get crazy and you get overwhelmed. You start watching the news and you start listening to the professor. You get buried in books. You get friends coming at you from a hundred different directions. And listen, sometimes in the Bible, Jesus did it frequently. It's best just to get off and get alone. Have a little silence. Have a little solitude. Do a little bit of listening instead of all talking. And the Lord will speak to you. I promise you He will. Here's a discipline. And we don't think about this one being biblical, but I tell you it is, and that's journaling. Get you a journal. Even as young as Emery and as young as Audrey, Get you a journal and start writing about what God is doing in your life. Get you a journal and start writing your prayer request. Get you a journal and start recording it. I mentioned this on the Wednesday Words of Wisdom a few weeks ago. I have a journal that I got. I bought it, in, or my parents bought it for me, in 1994. And the things I've written in that is is—it's almost funny to look at. But also, when I went to school, I wrote about, you know... Thank you, Lord, for letting me get through this, or I'm worried about this, and all these things, all these feelings. And I can go back on that now, something that happened 20 years ago, and I can say, Thank you, Lord, for not letting that come true. Thank you, Lord, for saying no. Or I could say, Thank you, Lord, for saying yes. Thank you, Lord, for knowing better than me. And you'll say, Well, Brother Kevin, where does it say, Thou shalt journal? Well, let me just tell you go read the Psalms. David just wrote in detail how he was feeling in caves. Look about, think about Paul. He was probably writing this from a prison cell. He wrote that, that, hey, he saw Jesus say, my grace was sufficient for you. He wrote about his thorn in the flesh. He wrote that, that he had finished the race. He spent time writing. And listen, I encourage you, do it in the quiet time. And just write it out. And man, it's the most awesome thing to go back and see what the Lord has done. And the last discipline, number 10, the last discipline he wrote is learning. So many times we get to a point, and it's really dangerous. It's dangerous for everybody. It's dangerous for the pastor. It's dangerous for the airline pilot. It's dangerous for the lawyer. It's dangerous for the doctor. We get to a point that we think we know it all. It's dangerous for the parent, it's dangerous for the husband, it's dangerous for the wife. Well, I know it all. I've been married so long, I've been a parent so long, and nothing can surprise me. Let me tell you, I get surprised every day. Young people, old people, don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop learning. I'm learning day by day by day that God's still good. I'm learning the things of the Lord day by day by day. It's a process. It's exercising. I just want to encourage you, young people and old people alike, to start training yourself to be godly my question my question I asked for you this morning, first of all, do you have any desire to be godly? Do you have any desire to be godly, not to be God, but to be godly to be? Holy, that desire comes from the Holy Spirit. If you don't have that desire, if you don't have that desire, if you don't have convictions, well, then maybe you need to go back and ask yourself, have you ever given your heart? Have you ever given your heart to Jesus? If you've never done that, man, today would be a great day to do that. And my second question for you, whether, whether, no matter your age is if you have a desire to be godly, what are you doing about it? Are you exercising yourself to be godly? When you look back at your life, from the time that you gave your life to Jesus, to where you're at now, does your life look any different, or does it look the exact same? Start exercising yourself to be godly. Thanks for listening today. I hope you'll pick up these disciplines. I hope you'll exercise yourself towards godliness and holiness. And I will talk to you again this week.